This is a national health care alert from the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one has diabetes, listen closely. Now, regardless of your age, if you have insurance, you may qualify to receive diabetic testing supplies with little to no out-of-pocket cost. Get free delivery, free information, and all the paperwork is handled by our accredited suppliers for free. Call the 24-7 Diabetic Health Hotline now for details. Toll free at this number. But wait, there's more. If you call right now, you could get a meter upgrade. In addition, we'll give you a free pair of diabetic socks as our special gift to you. Regardless of your age, if you suffer with diabetes and have insurance, you may qualify to get free delivery of your supplies. 800-443-4996. 800-443-4996. 800-443-4996. That's 800-443-4996. You're locked into another edition of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. I'm Donald Ware, and I'll tell you what, we're uh, really less than two weeks away from the start of the HBCU football season. As a matter of fact, on the line, we're joined by Delaware State third-year head football coach Rod Milstead is an alum of Delaware State, won three MEAC championships while at uh, Delaware State. Matter of fact, also won a Super Bowl uh, as a player in the National Football League as he joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. How are you, Coach Milstead? I am well. How are you, sir? Doing pretty good. You know, another another season, but not really because this is a little bit different. You guys open up your season, as a matter of fact, on February 20th on the road uh, just a bit uh, in Baltimore at Morgan State. I uh, want to start here, the preparation. What, what's that looking like for the Hornets to prepare for this 2021 spring football season? Well, anytime we get an opportunity to compete against somebody else, it's, it's a season. It, it's real to us. And so we've been preparing uh, ever since August when we, uh, when we got back, had a chance to come in and, and do spring ball in the fall. Uh, so that was a good, a good deal for us, along with our skills and drills. It gave us a chance to – implement our offense, implement our defense, uh, uh, get some good film on our special teams, and kind of put the, the whole puzzle together. And then, of course, we had to take a break for the Christmas holidays, and then we brought our guys back in early January. And then we started uh, uh, back up with skills and drills, reintroduced uh, our offense, defense, and special teams, and then uh, we jumped into it uh, like everyone else in the country uh, on the 17th and uh, started – uh, uh, getting ready for the spring season. So we're excited. Uh, guys have been really, really working hard. You know, we haven't played football in over a year. So uh, the guys are excited to, to, to go show out, showcase their talents. And uh, as a coaching staff, uh, we're just eager. We wish we could have played yesterday, but uh, we know next Saturday's coming up, and we're excited about the opportunity. Yeah, what was the preparation like in the fall? You mentioned sort of a spring-like atmosphere in terms of the preparation. Was it – was it full go, or I'm sure you had some kind of, maybe some kind of restrictions, or what was fall like? Fall, fall was, was, was it, it, it was kind of crazy, to be honest with you, because, you know, during the fall, you're, you're expecting to play a football game, and we knew that there was not going to be any football games, but you still wanted to prepare as it is, was one. So what we did, we had our skills and drill session, and then, of course, we uh, uh, had uh, some, some full practices and got a chance to scrimmage once. Uh, against each other 
And uh, it was good for us. It was gave us a chance to hit, gave us a chance to, to uh, uh, see our team speed, work our chemistry, um, let our players get a chance to know each other. We have some new players that, that we brought onto the roster, so giving them a first chance to see what Hornet football looks like. Uh, but it was good. It was good for us. We needed that. We needed that teaching part. And it challenged our coaches to see how well they could teach. And that's the best, the biggest thing that I got from our uh, fall season is that uh, I wanted to really evaluate my coaching staff. Okay, how well can you coach? You know, in order to be a good coach, you've got to be a good teacher. How well can you disseminate the information, you know, to our, to our, our players and then help them see the vision that you see and then put that vision into works on film? And our coaching staff did a phenomenal job. And like I said, man, we're so excited about this opportunity. I know it's not a full season. I get it. But anytime we get a chance to compete against somebody else and we haven't played in a, a year, man, I don't care who it is, where it is. I mean, we'll play them in a fish tank if we, if we have to. But uh, we're, we're, we're excited. We're ready to go. You can probably tell by my voice, man, we are, we are excited. And, uh, you know, uh, we, we, we have a, a decent football team that we want to put on the field. Yeah, no, it. Uh, I mean, you you were you were a good player when you played the National Football League, sort of, and a great player, you know, at Delaware State. Uh, you still have that sort of enthusiasm now as a, as a head coach, and I know that's got to. Let, let me even talk about that. I mean, that's got to be exciting with all the success. And I know, like, it may to this point hasn't translated uh, properly in terms of wins and losses, but I know you've got to be excited in terms of what could be at Delaware State because once upon a time, especially when you play, you play, it was. Delaware State was that program. Well, the, the, the thing is, you, you, you've hit on exactly what, why I came back and why I wanted to be the, the, the head football coach. I, first of all, I wanted to give back to a university that gave me so much. I became a man on that campus. So for me, it's personal. Every day is personal for me. I want to be able to take Delaware State back to the place it used to be. If you, had, if you were going to win a MEAC championship, you had to go through Dover, Delaware. Now it's a little bit different. No one even talks about Delaware State. We've been ranked last for the last two or three years, and that's okay. We, we, we earned that right to be last, and, uh, you know, they got it right because that's the way we were. Uh, but at the same time, I knew when I inherited this job, there were several things that needed to be adjusted. Okay, first of all was the mindset. Okay, who, who are we? What do we stand for? What's our principles? What are our rules? You know, what's our policy? What's our procedure? How do we do business day to day? And those things, it was tough the first day, uh, uh, the first year. The kids rejected every, almost a lot of the things that I did, and those who, are, who stayed on board, they're still here now. The ones who rejected, they're no longer part of the program. And I see, by the way, our grade point average where it was, it was probably about a 2-4, 2-5, and now we're at a 3.1 grade point average, and we have 105 players. Okay, so we've changed the mindset of how we do business. First, we've got to adjust it from an academic standpoint. Point. And then from that point on, once I got that under control, then we started adjusting, hey, we've got to get bigger, stronger, faster. We've got to become students of the game. And that's when I got, uh, changed the coaching staff up a little bit, and I got better teachers as coaches. So that now it transcends to our, 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 our players, and now the work product that we see on film right now is totally different than the work product we had two years ago and even a year ago. The, the, the chemistry, the team speed, uh, the, the attention to detail. Kids are watching more film now than they've ever done. So they, they finally adjusted to, hey, I got to be a student of the, of the game. Like I was a student, you know, in the classroom. That's something that I learned at Delaware State. Of course, you know, also you have to be that way in the pros. So all I'm doing is sharing my life lessons with our kids so that they can get a jump at the football game, you know, higher than someone else at, at, in, in, a, in a different university because – 
a lot of the coaches haven't gone through what I've gone through. And so because I've gone through at the top level, okay, and even won a Super Bowl at the top level, seeing how the 49ers do business, that's exactly how I run this ship over here, is that we do it the exact same way that the 49ers did when I was there. I don't yell at the players. I yell at the coaches. Why? Because I pay them to coach. And that's what George Seifert did. So that's one of the small things that I do. I, I really put a lot of pressure on our coaches to do their job, and we have a lot of fun doing it. Mm. That the voice of Delaware State head football coach, Rod Milstead, he joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. If I look at your first season, and I just let, if I just look at records, and I say, okay, 2018, you're 3-7-1. In 2019, which was the last year, um, that obviously we played football. Uh, you guys were were two and ten, but if I, but you know, having watched the program for many years, I mean, if I look at the Delaware game, like thirty one to thirteen, you lose that game, yeah. But in years past, that game be be seventy to six or something along those yeah. lines. I look at a win, you know, against a uh, against a Bethune Cookman, a, a nice win, and some of the other uh, other um, you know uh, uh, not necessarily wins, but some of the closer games you played. So. Was there – did you see improvement in 2019 opposed to 2018? I, I did. I saw a lot of improvement. Uh, we, we have never, uh, since the history of Delaware State, we have never uh, held a lead against the University of Delaware. And, it, it, of course, yeah, we, no, we didn't win the football game. We didn't. But my, my job right here at, at Delaware State is to work on the small things, the small things. So, for me – that game was big because we were in the game until the second half, and then we fell apart. And that's something that, to me, it was a small victory. It wasn't what I wanted because the outcome wasn't the way I wanted it to be. But I saw our guys compete against a, a bigger program, okay, and we competed for two and a half quarters, and one and a half quarters we didn't. So we learned from that. You know, At Delaware State, we never lose. I tell people that all the time. You can look at our record, we don't lose. We either win or we learn. So every game we're learning from that game and we're taking it and we're taking the good things, we're moving on, we're taking the bad things and we learn from them and we continue to move forward. And so that's how we've been doing business. But no, every year there's been a plan in place. Okay. And for me, it hasn't been about wins and losses yet. Now this third year, now it starts to become about win and losses because you cannot build a championship house unless you have a strong foundation. And that's something we didn't have. And it took two years to really build it. Now I really believe that we have that championship foundation and the work product will speak for itself. You know, across the landscape, really, of college football as a whole, whether it be FBS or FCS, we, we're seeing a lot of kids that have transferred because of COVID, you know, various reasons. From a personnel standpoint, any of your key players, uh, you know, leave the program that you were expecting to really step up for you here in the, the 2021 spring season? No, no, we, we don't. We have – fortunate uh have any kids uh leave because of covid um and and i'm proud of that uh we did have a, a few uh kids uh opt out uh because of covid but we didn't have any kids put their names in a portal uh and and you know say they wanted to transfer uh because of this this dreadly disease uh we've been very very fortunate and and, and, and the biggest thing with that with the transfer portals i tell our kids up front you know I need you to make a commitment to our program the same way I'm going to make a commitment to you. Okay, so if if you're not sure about Delaware State, then I'm asking you to not make the commitment and then go find where you're going to be happy at, okay? Because 
We need kids that are committed to our program and who want to see it through. I was that guy. I wanted to go to a bigger program. A bigger program didn't want me. Delaware State did. Okay? We love our kids just like they are our own biological sons. And that, I don't have a biological son, so now i got 105 of them. And I treat them just like I treat my four girls. Okay? The same, same exact way. I love them up. When they do something wrong, I get on them. I correct them, but then I love them up and let them know, hey, we all make mistakes. We're going to learn from this, and we're going to move forward. But, no, thank God this year we haven't had guys put their names in the portal. Uh, we did have uh, a couple in 2019, uh, only one, one scholarship athlete that put his name in the portal, and, uh, you know, he wanted to go on to, well, two of them. We had uh, uh, Brian Cavacante. He had graduated, and he wanted to go on to uh, a bigger program. And he went out to Marshall and, you know, played his senior, his final year. And uh, we had another young man uh, who put his name in the portal and uh, just uh, wanted to test the waters. And uh, he graduated, and he got a chance to, to go on and get a job. So, like I said, we've been very, very fortunate. Uh, the transfer portal is tricky to me. Um, it's just one of those things that uh, I, I wish that it was made more for graduate students and not undergraduate because it can really tear your program down if kids band together and say, hey, we want to put our names in the portal, okay, and we want to try test the market like the free agent market in the NFL, and uh, uh, it, it could really tear your program apart if you're counting on that kid to be there the following year. Yeah. You have about, as I look at the roster, about four quarterbacks on the roster, the one that's taking the most snaps, Tyleek Bethay. Is he you know, coming in? You start on February 20th. At Morgan State, is he your guy? If not, who is? Right now, Tyleek is is the guy. Okay, he's the guy that that finished the season off for us. Uh, came in as a true freshman uh, midway through the second quarter of the Delaware game. Trust me, we were not planning on playing Tyleek, but uh, uh, our our starting quarterback uh, Shane Smith broke his uh, broke his hand, and uh, from that point on. Uh, we had no choice, but by the grace of God, Tyleek came in early uh, his senior year. Tyleek came in in January, so he had a spring ball with us, and then he had a summer camp. So Tyleek knows knew our offense, and he came in, and he did a, a, a remarkable job as a true freshman getting us back in the game and helping us take the lead. You know, unfortunately, experience you know played a major role in that part, Delaware had a lot of seniors and juniors on their team that had a lot of experience, and when it came down to it, uh, at the end of the game, they was they were much stronger than we were. We made several mistakes, and uh, the score was different uh, than than what we had hoped it would be. But uh, no, Tyleek is is the guy uh, uh, going into the first game, and uh, we look forward to seeing him shine. You speak a little bit about the running backs. Your leading running back, Thomas Bertrand Hudden. Uh, comes back averaging uh, four and a half yards per carry. You know, talk about that group and the expectation for them. Well, the, our, our running back group, I'm excited about. Thomas Bertrand uh, really took over the position last year. He, uh, We saw him in practice every day and was waiting for him to mature and, and, and get to that role, and we put him in it at FAMU, and, you know, he goes over 100, and I think 110 yards at FAMU and two touchdowns, and uh, he just uh, – shocked everybody with the speed you look at him and say it's not much to him but you put the ball in his hand next thing you know you got a guy running down the sideline and no one can catch him so uh, we are very fortunate to have him he's healthy 
this year. Uh, excited about his opportunity. You know, just like everybody else, he hasn't played in a year. So he wants to pick up where he left off and really make a big impact in the MEAC. No question about it. I know that offensive line's got to be stout. Hey, you're a former player and a great one. I know that offensive line's got to look pretty good. <laughs> well, you know, I got an offensive line coach. His name is Jeff Braxton, and Jeff Braxton has, has helped aided and assisted more uh, NFL prospects uh, uh, that came from Delaware State and from, you know, his previous place of Wesley College offensive lineman with Jamal Jackson, and uh, uh, he, he's, he's done a phenomenal job with those guys. And, uh, you know, my, my expertise along with, with Coach Braxton, we feel like that the offensive line should be our strong point. So, of course, every day we're focusing on getting those guys better, teaching them techniques that, that I've learned and used uh, over my career. And uh, they're really, they really picked it up. They're like, you know, 15 sponges. Every time I tell them to do something or ask them to do something, uh, they are more than willing. They're willing to stay after practice. Hey, Coach, can you show me that technique again? Hey, Coach, I really want to work on this. And, and that's when we know that we're fi- they're finally getting it because they want to be great. They want to be better. Uh, they, and I always challenge them, hey, don't be like me. Be better than Rod Mills said. Okay, I need you to be four-time first-team all-conference. All I need you to be two-times All-American instead of one-time. Okay, I need you to, to help your team lead the country in rushing two years instead of one year. Like I did it. it we, did, we beat it my junior year. We led the country in rushing. We came in second my senior year. To me, I was disappointed. I was extremely disappointed because I took that rushing title personally. That's something that I wanted for me, and I wanted for my team, and I knew that if we were the number one team in the country rushing, that it would help our stats in the win column, and it did. So uh, those small victories for me uh, are the things that I look forward to, and, and, and I know that our offensive line, uh, uh, we've got a mixture of, of, of older guys and then semi-older guys, meaning we have some uh, quite a few seniors that have been with me now for three years. Uh, we've got some juniors that have been there from day one with me as well. So we are excited. Uh, about that group leading and being the leaders, you know, of our offense. And you know we're going to run the ball. But, yeah. So that's the first and foremost. <laughs> we're going to run the ball. Ain't no mystery. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't expect anything less. Uh, of course, Rod Milstead <laughs> is the head coach of Delaware State. joins us in the HBCU Football Daily Podcast as we look at the Hornets. Uh, so defensively, who, who are you expecting to step up for you on defense? Wow, my defense is, is, is funny. That's probably the strongest part of our football program. We really recruited heavily back in 2018. Uh, 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 our defensive guys, linebackers, defensive backs. Uh, Antoine Kinsey is coming back uh, as a start middle linebacker. Uh, we have Asaius Guthrie starting free safety. Uh, we have Charles Peeler, who's a transfer from, uh, from uh, Iowa State that came in and, and, and started last year as a defensive back uh, uh, for us. Uh, D-line, we got Isaiah Williams who's coming back, and, you know, he's a redshirt junior uh, already. He's got interest from that next level, people looking at him and, and talking about him. Uh, his brother uh, got an opportunity last year to go a free agent, and, you know, he's learned so much from his brother that he's going to be a big impact player for us. And then we have a group of young guys that we redshirted last year that uh, are, are, are coming in, and, and we knew we had them, but I wanted to make sure that those guys were prepared and ready to go, uh, and, and, and they are. So, like I said, we are really, really uh, deep at, at the defensive positions on uh, almost in every position. We're, we're, we're two and sometimes three deep with guys that, you know, who, whoever is in there is going to 
I wanted to address. Uh, I felt that we gave up too many points last year. I, I, I felt that, you know, we, we could have been more aggressive in how we played. Um, I thought we did a better job uh, once, you know, we made the switch from defensive coordinators. I thought that our defense started flying around and, and doing a better job towards the end of the year than we did in the beginning of the year. Um, and so we just picked off from where we left off uh, at the end of the year. And uh, Coach Kramer has those guys uh, playing at a high level every single day. Makes it difficult in practice uh, to actually move the ball at times, but uh, that's what we want. We want a defense that's very, very stingy. Uh, we, we don't believe in a don't, don't bend, don't break. We believe in don't move the ball. Okay, period. So I don't want them to get anything. Not even a, not even a first down. Not even a yard. So our guys are playing really, really aggressive, and, and I'm excited about you know what they're doing and how they've embraced the new defensive stance that Coach Kramer has put forth before them. The Delaware State Hornets open the season on February 20th in Baltimore at Morgan State again in his third season as the head football coach of the Hornets is Rod Milstead. He joins us here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Great insight, Coach Milstead. Really appreciate it, and we look forward to talking with you this season. Fantastic. Thanks for the call, Don. We'll talk to you. Look, look, I'm on the dangerous. Ain't no parking at the light. Nah, ain't no staining us. Nah, keep it with us. Please don't, please don't play with us. Nah, we up it aiming. Up. Find the Box to Row YouTube page for conversations with stars like Amari Hardware, Brandy, Michael Strahan, and with some of our favorite sports guests over the years. Over the years.